How you doing, everybody? Good, good. Um, so, how many of you feel alive this morning? Okay. Let's try that again. It's like you're like you're dead, like my mic was. How many of you feel alive this morning? All right. Okay. That's a little better. Um, so, um, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, for the direction that our church is going in. I'm so excited because what I see out here is, is new faces. What I see out here is some older faces, and I don't mean older as an age, like people that have been coming for a while. I do see a few older faces, but please, have more of your older friends come. We need that generational parity, please. I'm just telling you, don't feel bad that you're surrounded by little kids and like people that are trying to figure out what their life is. We need the wisdom. But I love seeing the direction of our church. It's heading in a, in a place of growth. Um, and, and I love hearing that Rev last week brought a message about the Holy Spirit, and about power, and it was, it was just on point. And, and I'm, I'm a little scared to follow in that, right? Because apparently he brought it. But I'm going to do my best to step out of the way and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Um, so what we've been doing, we've been going through this series on the Holy Spirit and about receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and what I want to do, as I, as I am apt to do, is to just do a little bit of, of a recap of kind of a remedial, what is the Holy Spirit? If it's your first time coming to church, your first time hearing about this, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. Uh, it is part of, it, the Holy Spirit is a person that, that is part of, of, of the of the. Of the the entity we call God, right? And the Holy Spirit functions in a different way than the Father or the Son. The Holy Spirit is, is involved in the workings through the Old Testament when people didn't even know the Holy Spirit was working. It's involved in the New Testament where Jesus was reliant on the Holy Spirit, even though he was a distinct, different character from this God person that we talk about. And so before I before I go further, I want us to understand what we're talking about when we're saying the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you've heard in the past, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Because when you receive, when you receive power, when you receive the Holy Spirit, what you're saying is, I get to experience life the same way that Jesus did. Do you, do you understand that? When you say, I, I believe in Jesus and I'm willing to receive the Holy Spirit and live as guided by the Holy Spirit, it means that I get to experience life with the same power, conviction, and access to the Father that Jesus had. That should blow our minds. And so before moving forward, we're on the same page now, right? Everybody understand what it means to be filled by the Holy Spirit? Okay. Now, we're in an age where every, everything is spiritual. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Joe said that I'm like the young grandpa of the church. It's okay. I've been that way my whole life. I'm an old soul, uh, and I, I love that. I relish it now. I used to be like, man, I wish I knew what was cool. <laughs> it's okay. I have kids now. It doesn't matter. I'm not cool anyway. <laughs> but what, what, I, what, I, what I love is, is, is being able, being able to, 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 to bring it down to say things like, like the reason why we have any kind of hope is purely because of the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus opens up access to the Holy Spirit for us. 
And so before we get confused with all the spirituality that's out there, everything is spiritual, right? But not everything is biblical, right? So I want to bring us back to looking at the scriptures and saying this is the manual that we live our lives through. This is what we go to to get nourishment. And so I'm going to be a little bit of an old head and say, get to your Bibles, read the scriptures, understand what God is trying to say, because the hope that we have for our lives is, is, is not just weird spirituality. It's not just out in the air. It's actually reading the word and saying, God, what do you have for me today? Now fill me with your spirit as I read through, as I sift through, as I see how it applies to my life. Um, what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have everybody stand up before we read our first passage. Every time I preach, I'm going to do this, so please get used to this. Shake off the heat. Shake off the sleepies. Get your Bibles out. It's going to be on the screen, too. What I want us to do is we're going to read this word of Scripture. We're going to read it together in unison so that you can all receive it a little bit of yourself. Ezekiel 47, verse 6 through 12. We're going to read it, and I'll give you a little bit of context afterwards. So, on three. One, two, three. Go. So, a little bit of context. Ezekiel was a prophet in the Old Testament, um, and he, he was tasked with going to tell the nation of Israel, right, what God had in store for them, what they were, what they were doing that they shouldn't have been doing, and how they should be living. And so, he has a couple visions. I wish I had visions like Ezekiel. It, it, His visions are nuts. They're just, they're so rich and so detailed. God had blessed him with an an ability to to have these visions. One of the visions he had was right here, where he sees at the temple, from the temple, he sees this river flowing. And this river, as it flows, as it gets further away from the temple, it gets deeper and deeper. He steps into it, he's at ankle depth. and and, and, And God instructs him to move further in and then it becomes waist high and God instructs him to move even further in and as he goes further and further in he realizes that he can't go any further otherwise he'll have to swim and at this point is when when it comes to the point where he's realizing I am so far in this what is this that I'm swimming in this vision that I'm having what is it and God begins to reveal to him that the vision of what he's seeing is the presence of God. This river that's flowing out is the presence of God. And some commentaries have even said, this is what the Holy Spirit is to be for the church. From the church is supposed to flow this, this influence into the community, into the world, into everywhere that people from the church go to. The the nation of Israel was supposed to embody and be part of this presence so that as it spread out its influence, people were swimming in the presence of God. Do you understand that? And so Ezekiel gets this vision and, and what he's saying in this passage was this river flows from the temple, which is a holy, holiest place that they could imagine. And it flows out into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is a literal place. My dad has been there. Um, I have not been there. I would love to go and see this place. But it's a literal place. And the Dead Sea is an incredibly salty sea. It's, it's so salty that living things cannot exist within it. 
you actually can float on top of the Dead Sea because it's so dense. There's so much salt within it. Now, that's a great thing because people can go and they can make natural salt and, you know, you can have all kinds of your, you know, seasoning and all that. And people were able to use what was there. It was still redeemed, right? It wasn't just, the Dead Sea wasn't just there to be dead. It was actually still redeemable. But this river, this vision that Ezekiel sees is this river flowing from the temple, going out into the Dead Sea, and then purifying the Dead Sea. And it becomes teeming with life. Fish of all kinds, fishermen are lined up along the riverbanks because of the life that is coming from this river. Where in your life do you see death? Where in your life, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your family, are you experiencing death? And where do you need the power of the Holy Spirit to step in and redeem and renew and give life to those areas that are dead? Personally, for you, where are you experiencing death, spiritual, anxiety, depression, fear, worry? Where is it that you're like, I'm so, I'm so dead in this area? There's no life in this area. Where in your family are you there's death that's happening in my family and I can't reconcile it. I can't understand it. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help to redeem this death that's happening. In our community right now in Canton, we have deaths that are happening unnecessarily. People are getting shot. People are getting killed in different ways for no reason. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to redeem those deaths, to give, to give some sort of meaning, to give, even if there's not meaning behind it, to somehow bring about redemption. Because this scripture says that even though there's death somewhere, it does not mean that there can't be life coming from that situation. And so when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, when you say, Jesus, I believe in you and I want to live a life that is like yours, what you're saying is I want to be a part of that redemption. I want to be a part of bringing things back to life, things that were once dead, communities that were once dead, relationships that were once dead. I want... I want to be a part of that redemptive work. So Ezekiel gets this vision. He goes out and he tells the nation of Israel and immediately they transform and change and they become the people that God wants them to be, right? No. They hear this message, this incredible vision and they're like, that's cool. No. We're going to keep doing our thing. I'm going to keep living my way. Because my way is, is cooler than what you're saying. I don't even understand this vision that you're telling me, Ezekiel, right? And that's just them. That's just Israel. We don't do that. We don't hear a message and, and hear the word of God and read things like this and go, nah, man, but I'm so, I'm so busy. I'm so distracted. No, that's not me. That's me. I'll tell you that. Easily distracted. I get it. I'm like, look, my son was up here. He's running around. I'm pretty sure he's got ADD. We've just, actually, ADHD. I've self-diagnosed him. He's a wonderful kid. He's incredibly smart, but he's so distracted. Easily distracted. That's like my whole life, right? So like when, when everybody's like, oh, what's he, what's, you know, where does he get that from? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But does, doesn't that remind us of our spiritual lives sometimes? We, we get something good, right? We, we, get, we get something rich in the scriptures or we get some message that is going to 
maybe rock our world a little bit and like the moment we get it and it's ingrained, something else takes our attention. However, regardless of how distractible we are, God has unbounding grace. It's just, it's amazing. So even if you feel like, hey, I don't quite, I don't think I live the life that Jesus is intending for me to live. Don't worry. God's seen it before. And you can live it, you can live that life again and again and again. And you can make mistakes again and again and again. And God says, you know what? I'm going to receive you and I'm going to transform you. I'm not just going to let you keep making the same mistakes. I'm going to transform you as you receive the Holy Spirit, as you believe in me, as you get in the word, as you trust in my power to change you, I will transform you. All right, moving on. So right now, without Jesus, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we are dead. We are spiritually dead. We are eternally dead. We are without hope. All the way dead. Thank you, Islam. In our communities right now, without the power of Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, our communities have no hope. They may have temporary hope, but I'm talking about that hope that lasts eternally, that goes beyond programs, that goes into eternity. Some of you personally right now are thirsting for life. You're here. I came to church but you're, you, you need life that will sustain beyond just now. You need that living water that will quench your thirst forever. And so what I want to ask you, the question from all of those questions, what I want to ask you is what is holding you back from receiving the Holy Spirit? What is keeping you from trusting Jesus to be your Redeemer? What is keeping you from trusting the Holy Spirit's power in your life? Are you afraid? Have you been sold a lot of lies and are having trouble believing in this. Maybe you're questioning, is this really even true? What's holding you back? We'll come back to that. Now, one of the things that you notice as you go back in Scripture, books like Ezekiel, you go back in Isaiah, you go into Joel, is that God is continually promising something. God is continually promising to the nation of Israel, hey, Follow me and I will pour out my spirit on you. I will pour out my spirit on you, the nation of Israel. I will pour out my spirit on all my people. And as he makes these promises, you start to get an understanding that he, God wants to pour out his spirit on some people. <laughs> you get the idea that like, oh, God may want to share. He may want to invite us into what he's doing. Maybe we should respond. So we go to Ephesians 2, and we see in Ephesians, I'm not, it's not going to be up on the screen, we see this, this declaration in Ephesians 2, talking about how God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead, he gave us life in Christ, and that he saved us and he pours out his spirit on us. And, and it talks about it in Isaiah 32 and in Ezekiel 39. And then God makes a way, and we go to Acts 2.17, and we see God pouring his spirit out upon the people. Jesus has been dead. Jesus has been resurrected. Jesus has ascended. And now the people are gathering together to worship, just like kind of what we're doing here. The people are gathered together. It's probably hot, like what it, what it is today. 
They're like anticipating, okay, what's God going to do? Like Jesus has been gone for a little while. Okay, what's next? Uh, Apostles, can you tell us where we need to go? What do we need to do? And the apostles are like, just pray. Pray. And they pray. They start praying. And And they pray in a way that I think we're unfamiliar with. How many of you have prayed so intensely that you've had tongues of fire fall from heaven? Who? Raise your hands. Anybody? Raz? Amen. Rev? Amen. Why don't you pray like that today? I want to see that. I want it. I want that. But they're so intensely connected to the Father. They're so intensely reliant upon the Holy Spirit in this passage that as they're praying, as they're connecting with God, he's like, it's time. I can't even, would it be hot? Would it be uncomfortable? Would it be like, ah! But God pours out his spirit upon his people. And he says it here in Acts 2, 17. He says, in the last days, and this is a quote, by the way, he's quoting Joel, the book of Joel, prophet had, had made this prophecy and he said, hey, this is what God's going to do. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Stop there for a second. He did not say, I will pour out my spirit on the Israelites. He did not say, I will pour out my spirit on the priests. I will pour out my spirit on white people, on black people. What did he say? Read it. Y'all been paying attention. I will pour out my spirit on, on all people. Catch that, including you. You are part of all people. All people, all times, eternal, everyone. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. Now, Joel was a prophet to the Israelites. So when he said this message, it was to the Israelites. God saw this way before Joel ever did. He gave him a piece of it. And then he said, you know what? I'm going to bring this back up. I'm going to make you see this again so that you understand that in Jesus, Jesus was that bridge between God and, and, and nothingness. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I bridge people, God, everyone can have access to the Father. Not just the Israelites, even the servants, the men And the women, you don't get how big of a deal it is at this time for him to mention servants and women in this blessing. In a culture that did not see servants as worth of anything, didn't see women as equal or even close to equal as men, for him to mention that he will pour out this blessing of his spirit and his presence. And he says, and I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. They will show, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And here, I want you to pay attention to verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So God promises restoration to the nation of Israel. 
And then when Jesus comes and the nation of Israel rejects him, God extends that promise and says, you know what? This promise doesn't just extend to my people. Now, everyone. Now, what does that mean? You guys can receive that. You can hear that. And it's great. Like, yes, we all have access to the Father. I can now receive the Holy Spirit. Cool. What do I do with that? Well, as you believe in Jesus, let me tell you. Because you have access to the Father through the Holy Spirit, what that means is that everywhere you go, just like this river that was flowing from the temple, whether you go to the army, whether you go to a school to be a counselor, whether you go to California to study and to be a part of a cohort, whether you're chasing LeBron, Corey, calling you out. You're on vacation, it's okay. I can call you at least once in my sermon, once. Wherever you're going, wherever you are a part of, whatever community you are engaged with, connected to, the Holy Spirit that is within you as a gift from Jesus can have impact on that sphere of influence, the people you're around, the things you're doing, so that People can look at your life and say, man, what is it that's different about you? Why do you react differently than everyone else in these situations? He said, because I know Jesus and I have the spirit within me and I have, go to Jesus. Wherever you are, and that means everyone seated in here now, you you have the access to the Father so that you can transform every place that you're in. Let's say that again. Everybody in this room, if you are willing to receive Jesus and to receive the power of the Holy Spirit within you, you have the possibility, you have the responsibility, you have the capability of transforming every single space that you are in. Not just coming here on Sundays. And this is a great transformative place. That's fantastic. But you got to transform once you get out of here. Because that river flowed out of the temple. It didn't stay in a nice big pool building up and filling the temple. It flowed out of the temple. And it went into the community and it grew. As it went further out, it grew. And people were swimming. Ezekiel was swimming in the spirit. Because, man, because that river is powerful. So, one of the things we did when um, my brother and I, uh, actually it was my brothers and I, Dave remembers this, back in 2009, we went to California, took this road trip, 33-hour road trip, it was awesome, nonstop, Dodge Durango, six guys, what was it, five guys? Five guys, four brothers and some random white guy. It really was. It was like one of my older brother's roommates happened to be there. He's like, hey, you want to go on a road trip? He's like, sure. So we went on this road trip. His name was Austin. I think he's an accountant. I don't know. We went on this road trip. 33 hours. We're on the road, straight, driving through. It's fantastic. It's amazing. We get there and unload, and Dan is now in California. He's a Californian. We drive back. And he's not able to be there for us, but we stop at the Grand Canyon. 
Have anybody, have any of you ever been to the Grand Canyon? It's amazing, right? It's like mind-blowing. You see it in pictures, you see like, you hear about it, but when you like go to actually stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon, you don't, you can't even see the whole thing. It's multiple canyons. It's actually a misnomer. It should be the Grand Canyons. Like it's all over the, you caught that. It's all over the place. But what formed the Grand Canyon? What was it? Water. What? The stuff that I drink? Water formed the Grand Canyon. This, this liquid substance that flows and can be manipulated and changed and turned into ice, that is what formed the Grand Canyon? Yes. Now imagine, imagine with me for a second. If we, hold on now, if we, as the church, took our place seriously and we took these scriptures seriously to say, hey, we are supposed to be this river that's flowing and we're supposed to be making some sort of influence and, and hey, what if we could make a dent in the communities for God like the Grand Canyon? What if we were to carve up these communities in such a way that, that people would come later on and they would look and say, man, look at Canton. What happened here? What formed, what made this? What was it that did, what happened? Was it, I, what, I, I can't even explain, it's so mind-blowing. Oh no, it was the people of God realizing who we were meant to be and fully living into that. Man. He called it a life-giving river of healing. Oh. So, there's a couple questions I have. I'm, not, I'm, I'm usually very long-winded, and I could go for a long, longer time. What I, what I want to do is I want to ask a few questions because I'll catch the point, right? You understand the importance of what the Word is saying here. The importance, of, of, of the importance that you, you have right? The, the, the name that God has given each one of you as you believe in him is that you are to be a difference maker. You are to be a change agent. You are to be a transformer by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not just supposed to sit on that gift. You're not just supposed to sit back and say, man, this is, this is good. I'm, I'm changing. I feel it. I'm transforming. It's cool. All right. Now what? No, you are supposed to, to transform the spaces that you're in. And so the questions I have for you as we trust in the Holy Spirit, and as you, as you, as you live this out, is who are the people in your life that God is guiding you to? Names, specifically, in your head. Who are the people that God has put in your life that need to experience transformation? Well, we all got them. If you know people, you got them. This doesn't mean you go up to people and say, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please don't do that. No. What this means is that you invest your time better. You invest your time with people that you're being led by the Spirit to. You say, Holy Spirit, who do you have for me today? Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? Holy Spirit, 
what would you have me do today? George Washington Carver was an inventor. I've used this before. I'll use it again. He was an inventor. He was the guy who's credited with making anybody? Peanut butter. Yes. Love that guy. Beyond just peanut butter, though, George Washington Carver was a multi, I mean, he, he invented, he was a genius. One of the greatest things that I have ever, man, it's so simple, that I've ever heard George Washington Carver did every time he walked into the lab. He was a botanist, so he worked with plants, and he made all kinds of oils and things. He was just, his head was just, he was in the spirit. And he was a believer. He would walk into the lab, he would look at whatever he was working with, and he would say, God, would you, Holy Spirit, would you, would you reveal to me the mysteries of this plant? Would you show me how I am supposed to like, use these gifts to bring you glory? Imagine if you went into your workplaces and say, God, would you show me the mysteries of my workplace today? Lord, would you reveal to me how I am supposed to engage in relationship today? It would reframe your entire day because now you're looking at it from the perspective of, hey, I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can do something here that can affect people for eternity. So that's my, that's my challenge is frame your lives, frame your minds in such a way that you are receiving this and you're asking God to use you in transforming and bringing back to life some of those dead areas in your life, in the life of the people around you, and in this community. Because that's when we'll start to see Grand Canyon-like differences being made. When each one of us takes that on as our, man, as our mission.